You are now tuning in to yet another exciting adventure with us here in the Nostalgist. I am your host, Kevin, as usual, coming to you live-ish from a tiny shack in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Happy to have you here hanging out with us as we continue burning through jazz week. We kicked things off a little non-traditionally earlier this week with the Mesthetics. If you haven't listened to that record, Anthropocosmic Nest, uh, or our, our review, please do yourself a solid and go back and do both now. But now we're going to go a little bit more traditional. Brad Meldow, simply put, is one of the most respected living jazz players on the planet. He's also one of the most prolific, like think Stephen King levels of prolific, but for music. Many of you may know him from his work covering some Radiohead tunes. He did that, and, and we all love that. But rest assured, he is much, much more than that. In fact, on his new album, Finding Gabriel, he's doing nothing less than searching for the meaning of life, the universe, and everything. It's pretty big. It's pretty heavy. It's spi- suffice to say the album is heavy, uh, but it's also amazing. It's one of the most exhilarating listens of the year in any genre for my money, and uh, it's an album for music lovers, really, which you obviously are if you're listening to the sound of my voice right now. And speaking of music lovers, you guys know about Osiris Podcast Network? If you go to OsirisPod.com right now, you'll find a whole slew of shows like Dead to Me, Broke Down Pod, and even this show. And it's all talking about all kinds of music. The Osiris Network is bringing together some of the best voices in music discussion and criticism and delivering podcasts, videos, and more directly to your face to get you all talking about music and listening to it. That's 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 a win for everybody. Bonus, their partner with Jambase.com, who are the leading purveyors of everything jam. So go to OsirisPod.com and check out all the great stuff. And now, with the bills paid, let's get on to our discussion of Finding Gabriel. We're going to kick things off with a track from the album, so strap in. It's about to get really groovy and uh, really uh, heady in here. Here's O. Ephraim off of Brad Meldow's remarkable new album, Finding Gabriel.
from off of Brad Meldow's Finding Gabriel, uh, Eduardo. How much does this guy love some Radiohead? <laughs> he, do, he does love some Radiohead, but... He, he, he does, he, and I think that's that's how... That's, well, that's, that's how I, a Philistine, knows about him. You know? I'm, <laughs> I'm uncultured, and it's this is, to me, the jazz guy that plays Radiohead. Uh, but he, he does a lot more, and he has, like, 37 albums out. Uh, based out of New York, and uh, one of the most lauded, I think, American jazz pianists in history, right? Yeah, super, super cerebral kind of guy. Um, I feel like the first, you know, I started buying his stuff on CD, and every album would come with what felt like, what felt like, uh, you know, sort of a college um, thesis uh, from a philosophy right. major. Um, lots of theories of aesthetics and, you know, Kant and Hegel and and other German folks, um, and uh, I think uh, you know he he early on um, worked a lot um, in a conventional kind of uh, piano trio situation. So sure. uh, he had that Art of the Trio series. Um, a lot of those recordings were live, um, and um, you know I think I I I love piano trios, and, and that was probably what pulled me in with him originally i think sometimes his playing could be a little um a little forceful um maybe uh sometimes a a few too many notes um and um and there was a fun tension in that trio but but ever since he moved out of it he's gone into these sort of more like fusiony kind of things and um and then just to keep himself in check he also has a record with chris thiele which yeah was not that's a great record yeah no it's fantastic record yeah, and and on this one, it's uh, it's no less of a thesis. <laughs> he he is yeah. taking on nothing less than the Bible. Um, he is. Uh, I don't know if he was like searching for faith or finding his faith, or was just interested in as as uh, people do from time to time. But but really reading uh, the Bible and and sort of internalizing what it was saying, and then thinking about it in his own terms in the world today, and what the the result is finding Gabriel. Uh, it's a. Um, it's funny because when, I, when the first time I listened to this, uh, my my immediate thought was, uh, if we hate Moon J. Pool so much, then then how do we both love this? Um, because it does have a lot in common with. I never think of Radiohead as doing jazz, but the type of jazz that that Meldow is doing here is it's not pop, but it's also not not pop. There is, there is for sure. Um, there are some hints of um, like John Bryan, um, that kind of production sound um, on this record that 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 does squarely put it in that in that pop terrain. I think the difference between this and Moon Shaped Pool, um, well, first of all, um, you know, Moon Shaped Pool is very consistent in that right. you know it doesn't there, it doesn't ever really. Uh, it doesn't really ever rise beyond that sort of soft ambient kind of quality, I think. And, and this record does get a little noisy and a little cluttered at times. It sort of goes into a fairly clear sort of jam, jam tronica type direction, (laughs) which is, which is, which is, which is first of all, interesting for him, but it's also challenging because a lot of things in that space sound alike. 
And so there's a, there's a challenge of like, does he sound different enough from your average sort of like album leaf ambient kind of, um, sort of, uh, you know, organ, organ jammy guy. Um, it does. I yeah. Think, and, yeah. To, so, so the point about the, the, the keyboard sounds too is like he, he, this sprang from not just this study of, of the bow, but also he got a new keyboard. This new toy. Yeah. And an OB6, which is, yeah. which is what you're going to hear on a lot. Of, I, I don't even want to peg it as Radiohead. I think it is, it's a lot to do with, um, there's this era of exclusively British sort of and not quite prog but like sci-fi folk and 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 it's so hard to describe but you know it when you hear it yeah. you know it instantly and there's a lot of this on that and it's it's like there's moments where it's just shy of a theremin mm-hmm. there's something else going on but it just it feels um otherworldly it does and that's you know and 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 the other the other piece that goes right along with that otherworldly quality is the presence of all these vocalists. There's a lot of, you know, it, it's not, um, other than the Chris Thiele record, I think, you know, on a Brad Meldow record, you're not going to hear the human voice, um, usually. And here for, for much of the record you do, but it seems like there are voices that are kind of locked in this, like chanting, or it's almost more around like breathing exercises almost than it is, yeah. uh, singing per se. Um, yeah, it's pairing the ritual with the religious. I mean, that's that's. I yeah. mean, it, it. You know, well, the first time I heard it, I I sort of felt that it was a um, an interpretation of a, a pairing with this you know religion and trying to create something new out of it. You know, because because I mean, let's be clear, most religions like that don't have ritual fail. Yes, um, doesn't yeah, explain it's... Mormonism, but hey, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but. It, I, I think it's also to that point. It's an interesting. It's an interesting choice for a record that also has his kind of frankest and most direct political statement. Yeah, and um, that, that that is the prophet is a fool. Let's hear a little bit of that now because uh, I am honestly a little confused that he has not gotten sued by the communists coming yet. But maybe it's a <laughs> it's a two way street. Here's a little bit of prophet is a fool.
It's just their voice. He speaks for them. They're just scared. They think he makes them stronger. Does he? No, he weakens them. Then they're not dangerous, actually. No, they are dangerous. Deep inside, they suspect they're getting fucked over, but they're too proud to admit it. They don't want to hear it from us. He tells them we're the enemy. But if they're weak, why are they dangerous? They have guns. Lots of guns. And they're not for hunting. There's that sound I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's, I don't even know. It's, it doesn't sound mechanical either. It never sounded mechanical. It's just sort of floating out there in the ether. That's that's a really interesting point, too, because there are a couple of tracks on here that are just Meldau by himself, and it's sort of mm-hmm. like literally a bedroom kind of recording. And and you rarely get the impression, you know, sometimes you can sort of like hear on those recordings, you can picture the guy, you know, or the woman working on their laptop and sort of, um, and in this case, you always sort of picture like a, a live uh band even when it is one person yeah, yeah. that that track is not just one person you have um you have uh trumpets flutes an alto sax a soprano sax a tenor a barry sax um yeah. melda himself is on the theravox the ob6 the xylophone and the piano and of course mark guliana who's theravox there it is yeah that's, yeah, that's theravox. The, yep yep it's a great it's a great like the low end on that from the theravox is just so fun too and um uh, and it really, you know, it reminded me a little bit, um, of the, um, uh, the feeling we got from that, um, prodigal son record, the Ry Cooter one from last year where the sound yeah. was just so full. Um, yeah, that's, that's about right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this it, is with, with that as the anchor, you know, I think that there are, uh, points in here where it, it goes into what we would expect from Mel Nobo that at the anchor, I think it turns it into like a bigger statement about how uh, you can, and I, I had this experience with Bluebird, the Rosanone Sandman mm-hmm. thing, of how albums should maybe serve a purpose and that they can take you out of your space and give you mm-hmm. time to, give you time to figure shit out so you can get back in and, and join the fight. Yeah. And, and and I think, you know, with that being so political, uh, you know, that that is him sort of popping up the uh, the manhole cover at the end of THX 1138 and be like, I got a message for you. But but then he pops it back down and says, yeah. now, now chill back into this. And it it's it's powerful, man. It, it, it is. And to hear such a direct, you know, political statement from him, too, about um, about the, you know, our current our current times. It's, it's, it's interesting to hear that, you know, we, I, I, in my mind, I sort of contrasted it a little bit with the Mark Rebo album that came out, uh, yeah. earlier this year, last year, that was Songs of Resistance. That was also a very explicitly political record. Um, and I think it's not just because these guys both have ties to, to none such. Um, but, but it just, it was, it's just interesting to hear some of these guys who've always been a little bit, um, indirect or kind of opaque choosing um how to make you know very direct and pointed political statements um and in and in, in this case you know he i mean he's you know you heard it right there that you know he samples the crowd chanting build that wall yeah, um yeah, yeah I, there's no there's no ambiguity there. yeah <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there's no ambiguity there and and you know in albums like this when they do that like this and bluebird and last year's uh, harmony of difference Mm-hmm. It's 
it's a uh, I think it's a commercial risk for an artist, but I but I think what we're seeing is artists are willing to just they're they're willing to take that risk where they weren't even a few years ago willing to go like this far out on the limb with this stuff and make such a powerful statement that I mean in America could offend half the fucking country. Yeah, and uh, and you know I. I I sort of with the prophet as a fool. It's one of those things where like it's so direct that you almost wonder like, okay, well, in you know, in in five years or ten years, will this have uh, will this will this age poorly? Um, and I think that's why artists tend to not um, go so directly at right. at things like that. But frankly, you know, first of all, no one knows. Second of all, you could make any number of production choices that would age poorly too, right? So oh, I think they're, I think they're like less worried about that now because they're like, maybe we won't be here in five or ten years. <laughs> yes, I mean, and that's, I and mean, that's, with, with with that cap yeah. lifted, then all of a sudden it's like, well, why wasn't I doing this before? Yeah, right. Because the alternative um, is like not speaking to the present moment, which you know, because th- there is a segment of consumers that is concerned with consistency, that is looking at Meldow, and I guarantee you, there's there's people who are fans of his that are pissed off by that song. Um, but but there, that's not, I think, what necessarily drives uh, these artists who have, I mean, he's had such a prolific career and like there's nothing at this point that can take him now. But you, you're going to see like people who just don't understand that. And I think now he understands that, that, that he, that, He's gonna be able. To, he's gonna be able to do what he needs to do, regardless of what he says. So now start thinking about like making these like more important statements. Um, I, I, I hate to liken it to this, but it's like likening the power of Trump's base. You know, we yeah. know the numbers. Yeah. Right. So that's that's not getting any better. So there's this base that they can know that are gonna be pissed off by the profit as a fool, and then like okay. Is that is that financially viable? Yes, turns out it is. Yeah. Well, well, he seems to be coming at it too. I think I think that that speaks again to that choice of of you know situating that political statement in a record that's sort of working with religious themes. I think you know his 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 kind of his flavor of Christianity seems to be more of like the sort of soft theologian type, which is really concerned about the idea of like not so much protocol and, uh, you know, how you, how you praise, uh, or how you pray or, or to whom you pray, but really the idea of like, of, of humans as kind of failed and, and graceless, uh, mm-hmm. beings that are, that are trying to, to, to find a way to get back to the garden or finding a way to, to be in touch with something, uh, uh, divine and eternal. And I think, you know, there's, there's a way, you know, you and I have talked a bunch of times about kind of not about how religion can be a little bit of a barrier for us. There's, sure. there's a way to do that that can be, that can really get at some truths about humanity and, and really can be about a longing for, for the world to be a better place. Um, and I think that, I think that's what he's going for here. Um, I think it's, it's, I, I still, you know, I really enjoy listening to this record, but I, but every time I go back and think about it, I struggle a little bit with the question of like, whether it's, you know, I think it's breaking new ground for Meldow, but I'm wondering if it's breaking new ground musically or if some of these ideas have already been kicked around. Um, let's, let's hear another track yeah. and then come back and, and talk about that. This is, uh, I, I love this track. This is uh, Born to Trouble.
when those synths kick in, that is why you buy this album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is it. That it is, is so it. good. That is that is out radioheading Radiohead because he committed to it. Right. Radiohead hinted like Wolf at the Door from Radiohead is is the classic example of that song that they do like that. And and that's a powerful song, but that yeah. that's it for me. It is it is it, it comes in so smooth and um it, it's almost jarring for a second until you sort of um, accept the aesthetic that he's going for. That's that song is a prime example of that's just Meldow. He's doing everything on that track, um, and uh, and and actually in the liner notes of the vinyl, there's um you know there are there are verses um, from the Bible for each song. So for Born to Trouble, yeah. it's from uh, the Book of Job, and uh, the verses for affliction does not come from the dust, nor does trouble sprout from the ground, but man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. Which sounds yeah. like some sci-fi shit right there. Yeah, 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 it does. It sparks does, fly but... upward. Um, and that also hits at some of the, oh. uh, that, that kind of like um, Amy Mannish, John Bryan almost kind of, uh, yeah. you know, um, the, the, the piano was so clean on that before the synth comes in. Yeah, and and like to be clear, like if you are religious, um, some more extreme, yeah, some explicitly like alien, uh, you know, you're thinking about uh, some mystical force uh, that in, off in the universe that isn't here, uh, that is guiding your morality, and that is uh, that's the most sci-fi shit I can think of. Yeah, you know, I mean that that that's literally almost the plot of every sci-fi. Uh, story or every good one. And, and I think um, you can, you know, we have a lot of like good friends actually that, that uh, find a lot of truth in faith, Phil Cook, mm -hmm. uh, Ab, Aaron Abernathy. Mm -hmm. um, and I mentioned before on this, I'm an atheist, but I, you know, I think Meldow approached this in the way that I would approach something in, in that if you're questioning like how to, how people need to, as a, as a group, not individually, treat people better. And a lot of these scriptures for any religion are just handbooks of that. You know, they're, 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 they're ancient policy, if you will. Yeah. You know, that, that we're going through today. And, um, and, and when looking through that lens, giving them this tool set, this audio sonic tool set to this is, is kind of phenomenal. And it just, uh, I think it fits in though because it's a whole holistic thing, right? You have to, you can't just like say the who's is a Cory Booker is like fun. Like you can't just say the words. You have to like right. there has to be yeah. action, and and this is you you also can't just say the words. You have to feel them. You have to like it has to occupy a space, and this occupies a space as soon as you put it on. It 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 does. I think that I think that that point of the dichotomy between word and action are really important too because. Um, you know, it's something he's clearly, um, the verses that he chooses and the way he presents these, he's clearly, he's sort of embracing the fact that life is ephemeral and that, um, you know, everything is kind of transient, but he seems to very specifically be calling, um, on people to take up the work that we need to do to kind of recapture, uh, whatever it is that, that unites us and helps point us toward the light. Right. And the nice thing, for those of us um, who are atheists, is that this isn't you know a super like Christy record, um, and yeah, it, I mean it could be though. Like it's sort of like you know, like I I always look at it like this: like if 
if if it takes you believing in that person to get to some realization, mm-hmm. who cares? Yeah, I don't care. Like, it, yeah. you know, what fucks it up is is honestly, I think this white male bullshit of people <laughs> like like yeah. it means you have to be right, right? Like you, you, and and that's that's where everybody gets lost. Yeah, and like you don't, you have there there has to be a um, you have to be aware of the world around you. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, and the more and the more you are, the better you can. I mean, you can make Meldau is clearly aware of the world around him, and he can produce a work of art like this. And I think it is a work of art. I think it's one of his finest yeah. records. I think uh, he's he's um, just moving in different ways uh, that he wasn't before that that uh, indicate that he is now engaged. Yeah, no, I think I think that's exactly right, and that's and that's sort of where I go back to the, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I. I struggle with with whether I would go out and tell someone who doesn't know Brad Meldow that this record is essential, although I'd want them to I want anyone to take a listen to this. But I think particularly if you've if you've followed his work, even even kind of at a distance and only checked in every now and again, there's there's some really interesting new ground that he's opening up here. And it I think I think it it kind of brings home a lot of the ideas that he's been playing with and some of his side, you know, his his other work with Guliana or the Pat Metheny record he did a few years back. There's, there's like, there's, there's something, it feels like there's something new around the corner. And a lot of, a lot of the work he, he put into this seems to be about grappling with his own mortality and his, you know, his place in the universe. And, yeah. um, and that's always fun to listen to. Yeah. It's definitely fun to listen to. And, and most importantly, like it, it means something. Yeah. Right. I feel, I right. feel right. like this is this not a is light work. Yeah, I mean, I certainly got away from this and like what I enjoy, but I feel like what we're seeing is records like this. I feel like we're seeing stuff that actually means something. Um, and the music is generally better for it. Like, yeah, this is, this is a good, this is a good response than him just putting out an angry record called Fuck Trump. Right. This is. Although I would listen to that, yeah, I would do. I, 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 I would, I would listen to that, but 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 uh, but but even even just with that that wall of commerce uh, that you know the disarray the music industry is in, that it, you saw people like making moves. I know people personally are like, I know somebody's not going to put out an album because they feel it doesn't have a hit on it. Mm. Sean Barna, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and that's a mistake. I think uh, yeah. you know you your art is sort of an extension of you or it better be if not i don't know what i don't even know what kind of psychopath you would be if that's not the case right but but um but you know and you are putting that out into the world and and the world isn't static the world doesn't stop mm-hmm. around this piece it just keeps going and you become a part of it and so the trick is to integrate into that and i tell you, you there's no better way than by making people feel that this is just uh it's not cynical that it's it's, yeah. it's an honest attempt to connect with other people. It it is because we um, all feel that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I think there's I think there's a there's a sense here that that he wanted to offer up these ideas and themes and kind of let you um, work through what you think it means to you know strive after wind uh, or that impulse to make it all go away. I mean, these are all song titles, so I'm sort of playing with that, but, um, yeah. but, but it is, Deep it water. is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> double whammy there. Yeah, right. It, it works on more than one level. Um, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. But this is, yeah, this is a remarkable album. And uh, it is uh, a lot of good jazz this year. A lot of good jazz this yeah. year. This is this is near the top, but it, you should uh, you should seek it out. Is he? Do you know if he's playing any shows? He he's. I don't. I haven't seen any tour dates for him. Um, he's sort of. Um, I've only been aware of him playing dates that are very. Um, either he'll he'll sort of play nightclubs in New York, or he'll play very like specific. Um, right. Like almost like more of like a concerto type thing. Then you know it's it's it'll be like at an art gallery or it'll be an event around some other topic. It's not just like buy tickets to see Brad Meldow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all I'm saying is Brad, we have a tiny shack. <laughs> if you, if you want to come play finding Gabriel in, in its entirety, uh, get here before fucking October. Cause it's going to be cold. <laughs> but, That's right. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, finding Gabriel, uh, go out and, and get that. Uh, thanks for hanging out of the water. We're going to take Cheers. a quick break and uh, come back and finish this thing out. Finding Gabriel is available everywhere. You can buy fine records. I picked mine up at the exclusive company here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, really great record store. We got, we got a ton of great record stores, and I recommend you do that. There's something that I found uh, about this record specifically that you don't get if you aren't listening to it on vinyl. And it, it's, it just it comes alive, and, it, and it, it, it fills up the air. It's heavy. It's weighty. It means something. Uh, which is what you know we want all our music to do is mean something, but but it feels like a very uh, lived in thing, and so I recommend uh, streaming if you want. But if you got a record ta- record player, uh, go out go out and pick this one up because it's it's fucking whew, it's it's amazing. Um, that is it. We are out of here on this episode of Discologist. If you like what you heard, do all the things like leaving us a rating or a message on Apple Podcast. You can. Five stars is good. Five stars is good for us. You can listen to us also on Google Play, Mixcloud, Stitcher, or Spotify. Tune in to our other show, Dead to Me, hosted by our friend Casey Ray. You'll hear my voice on that along with uh, Eduardo. We're both on that. Damn. Coming up next week, speaking of Casey Ray, uh, it's going to be sort of interview week. We are going to be talking with Casey about his book, William Burroughs and the Cult of Rock and Roll. It's a remarkable read. You have the weekend to get through it. If you haven't done your homework, but but uh, Casey is a, is a great friend and he uh, he wrote a great book. Super smart guy. If you listen to Dead to Me, you know that already. But if not, definitely tune in for that. Going to be talking to our friends Broke Royals. Uh, they just finished up a tour and uh, actually stayed here. So they're legitimately our friends. Uh, we've had them cheese curds. They went down by the lake here in Milwaukee, and hopefully they'll be back soon. Uh, so we're going to be talking to them. And sort of to break things up, my good friend PJ Sykes, a photographer, musician, all-around good guy and cat dad, is going to hang out with me and talk about the Tropical Fuckstorm album, Brain Drops. So it's going to be wild next week is what I'm saying, kids. Uh, so hang out. 
uh, get out there and see some live music. Be good to your, uh, all your friends, and more importantly, be good to yourself. That's that's important. Take care of yourself, kids. We need you out there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!